Welcome, Patriots. We've got a great episode of Raven's Radar. I'm going to be telling you a story. I'm going to let you think on that for a second. Lot to get to, ready to get to it. If it's in your sights, it's on my radar. We'll be airborne shortly. Welcome, Patriots. It's been an interesting ride. We have some things to cover. At the time of this filming, we are going to first discuss the Super Bowl. Had a lot of questions about that. What did you think, Raven? I didn't watch it. Um, I stopped watching football when, okay, I'm not going to use my nicknames. I was going to say Crappernick. I was going to say when Kaepernick started this kneeling thing in disrespect of our anthem, and our flag, I stopped watching. I thought it was going to be a hard thing to do, but my love of my country means more to me than any kind of social virtualing. And for the trolls that are on my page of going, but you support, you know, freedom of speech, right? Of course I support freedom of speech. It doesn't mean I have to like it. So that's my protest. I, my parents and my husband bled for this country. You have the right to disrespect this flag and to burn it. I have the right not to watch it, and I have the right to vote with my wallet. So um, there's that. That's how rights work. So I choose not to watch until I'm satisfied that that disrespect to our country uh, is gone. Apparently, I missed a, a halftime show with Rihanna, which, you know, since I didn't watch, I have no comment, except that I clearly remember in 2018, Rihanna saying she was not going to do the Super Bowl show. Uh, in solid to stand in solidarity with Colin Kaepernick. So what happened? Spoiler! It was a really big check. It's amazing how the morality morality seems to have an inverse relationship with the the amount of zeros that are on a check. The more zeros that are on the check, then seems like the less time we seem to hold to whatever values. The more money they pay, then we've suddenly all of a sudden stopped virtue signaling. And I mean, I guess the good news is now that she's pregnant, she was fully closed. So, you know, it wasn't a stripper show. So we're going to celebrate that as good news. Uh, what else is happening? You know, other than uh, Biden trying to tap dance about the Chinese Chinese balloon thing. Oh, now we've shot down a bunch of things. Now, now our, our weapon system work and we're on it. So now we're going to keep the country safe. We promise. Um, <laughs> yeah. So people are asking what my thoughts are on that. I think it's garbage. Okay. He says that they didn't want to shoot things down to injure American people. Well, you could have shot it down when it was over the Pacific. Okay. And you didn't. All right. They are also calling it a Chinese spy balloon. How did you know it came from China? So there's a lot going on here that I don't want to talk with, but most of what comes out of Biden's mouth is ridiculous. And that was it. The state of the union was the state of ridiculousness. You know, I created 12 million jobs. Well, that's great because 22 million we lost during the lockdowns. 22 million and one if we include the Ukraine prosecutor you fired for looking into your son's corruption. And you didn't apologize to the American people for lying about Hunter Biden's laptop being real. Okay, we're also not talking about Hunter Biden suing his illegitimate child for the use of his name 
because he wants to protect the brand. Ha! I know. I know. Okay. I just, I just can't. Let's just, <laughs> let's leave that one and just pray for this poor child. Ridiculous. The only other thing that is coming up frequently, other than we know that the State of the Union is ridiculous. We know that as of this time, 68% of Americans don't want Biden to run again, um, pretend to run again, uh, to pretend to be president. We're all over that. He has, the border is wide open. He's touting, oh, the border numbers have crossed. That is smoke and mirrors, patriots. The border numbers have not dropped, okay? He's just now said, hey, come on in the front door and you don't have to wade in the river. So he has an app now, CB1, I believe, or something like that, where people can just, you know, I'd like to come into America today. And that's what's happening. So now they're being brought through ports of entry. Uh, we've moved the illegal cross, but they're still coming in illegally. They're not being given citizenship coming through this app. So they're still here illegally. So he wants to say border crossings are down. I want to say they're coming through a different way. Illegal crossings are still coming in. And our country is still less safe. So that was smoke and mirrors. So when he wasn't screaming at us and whispering unintelligibly, um, that was the gist of it. He's ridiculous and pointless and ineffective. That was the State of the Union for those of you who missed it. You know, we were all doing drink of games until some people around me started passing out. So it was drink every time he whispers, drink every time he shouts, drink every time um, he, he makes up a number or blames Trump. So, you know, I, I held it, guys. Patriots, I was, I was good. I held off, but I'm telling you, I had a lot of cleanup that day from the people around me. The only other thing I wanted to address, Patriots, we have a lot of things, that, and we're fighting a war on a lot of fronts, was something came out where um, not just, I think Southwest was the one that brought it up, but airlines talking about lowering the minimum experience needed for pilots. Uh, I'm going to go on record as saying no for this. I don't want you to lower the experience requirements for somebody who has my life in their hands when I'm screaming through the sky at 500 miles an hour in an aluminum tube, 35,000 feet above the ground, okay? But just to make sure I'm not biased because I am married to a very skilled airline pilot, um, let's see how that sounds with something else. How about if we lower the minimum experience needed for neurosurgeons? How about if the one doing your brain surgery, we, we lower the experience? Or how about for law enforcement, we lower the experience? Um, you know, it's a, a, a one step up from, from defunding, which I don't support. But this is, am I the only one who thinks that this is ridiculous? Why would I want to have less experience? Well, because we have a supply and, and shortage demand. Well, who caused that? Is it possibly because you were forcing people to take, you know, in un experimental substances? Or is it because, you know, we haven't been doing a good job of recruiting or showing the value? Or it's because we don't treat our people right or we're not paying them enough? I don't know what the reasons are. We have a lot of things that come together. But I just want to go on record is I like having experienced doctors. I like having experienced pilots. I have like having experienced firefighters. And I don't believe that sends the right signal. But, okay, if Biden and Pelosi and their ilk want a lowly skilled 
doctor, have at it. For, for me and, and my group, we, we'll take the ones who are trained, educated, and have, you know, overkill and experience. It's free advice. So having said that with the wrap up, now let's get to the verbs in our sentences. This is the fun part, isn't it? And we're going to have a great guest. What happens when you start seeing your freedom slip away as parents when the unthinkable happens, when you get arrested after attending a school board meeting trying to stand up for what's happening in the schools and with your children? I'm gonna tell you right after this, we're gonna be bringing on Jeremy Story, who has a story you have to hear to believe right after this. I'm Raven Harrison, the conservative warrior, and I created Raven Pack because like most of you, I am tired of sending my hard earned money to nebulous GOP causes, which normally wind up in the hands of rhinos or people who are supporting a far left or radical agenda. I'm taking a stand against a political party that is supposed to be fighting for you, but more often than not, winds up fighting for the status quo and against your hard-earned values. Your contribution to Raven Pack will be used to support true conservatives and candidates and our movement and warriors like myself. People who not only talk the talk, but walk the walk. You deserve to know how and where your hard-earned money is being spent, and I'm going to show you in real time. Please use the link below and make your most generous contribution. Freedom is not free. Together, we can restore America and put the American people first. Integrity is making a comeback, and we thank you for your support. Thank you, and God bless America. Welcome back, patriots. Well, this is it. This is where we get to the meat and potatoes of the show. And today, we're going to tell you a story. Yeah, I know. I'll see myself out. We have a fantastic guest. I say that all the time because they're all fantastic, but some of them really, really hit close to home. And this one is close to my heart. I'd like you to welcome Jeremy Story to Raven's Radar. Hello. Hello. So you are legend in Texas, especially among Texas parents. But I want to, I didn't want to ruin the, uh, the open. For those who don't know, Jeremy Story is a brave individual who was arrested at a school board meeting for attempting to speak out. And that's what I want patriots and parents to hear right now, they want to know what this war looks like. It is spiritual, it is deep, and it is ugly. Welcome to the show, sir. I'm glad to be on your show. Yeah, I've heard some of your story too, and so I know that our stories cross one another in terms of our interest because we both have experienced uh, significant overreach in the education system. We have, and we're going to start it off. So normally it's ladies first, but Jeremy, I'd like you to go first. I would like you to tell our listeners and our viewers how it is that you wound up being the sensation you are, how you got arrested 
at the school board meeting. Take us through what happened that day. Yeah, actually, you know, what's worse is that I wasn't arrested at the school board meeting. I was arrested actually 30 days after the incident that they claimed was the reason for my arrest. And they arrested me at my home in front of my kids. They uh, oh, tried to break goodness. through the front door of my home. They banged and banged and banged. They threatened my kids with arrest uh, for aiding and abetting me, supposedly, until I would come out in the front lawn because they didn't have a warrant and they needed me to come out in the front lawn. So they did. When I went out in the front lawn, they arrested me uh, and took me to jail. And they simultaneously took another individual to jail at the same time who was a yes. uh, uh, neighborhood over. And so they actually literally arrested us at our homes uh, with uh, one main intent. And that was, in my case especially, to be punitive, to make me be quiet. Well, exactly. So what? So take us back 30 days, okay, before um, the tolerance came to your home to traumatize your children and, um, and make yeah. a spectacle of their father. What, take us to 30 days prior that preempted this. What was the catalyst that started this ball rolling? Yeah, the catalyst that started the ball rolling was even 30 days prior to the, to the original incident. Uh, that original incident happened in August of 2021. Uh, several months before that, our school board had hired uh, a new superintendent. And I had protested and suggested to them in school board meetings, along with many other community members, that this school board president had some seemingly untoward history and that he had been <clears throat> leveraging the police in his district that he was in at that present time to silence parents and others in the community who opposed him. And that was down in a district that was on the border of Texas. And now they had hired him to come to our district and they were refusing to vet him in any more serious way uh, before they hired him. And I was in the board meeting that I watched them make the final decision to hire him, where they outvoted five to two. There were two conservative board members and five board members that were in cahoots with all of this. And I watched them vote in favor of this uh, person. His name's Hafed Azaiz. And what concerned me at that time was I watched them pull him out of a back room right after they had hired him, acting as if this was a big surprise and saying, well, by the way, he's with us here tonight. And we'd like to hear from him. And then they had him give a speech. And another friend of mine had seen them editing his acceptance video before they actually voted to hire him. So we knew that there was some untowardness going on in a big way. And just the, the fact that this person had history and they weren't vetting him. And so I began to speak out about that, not realizing that it was about to get far worse. And to encapsulate a much longer story into something short, I was con contacted by a teacher in a nearby school district who told me, Mr. Story, this is far worse than just uh, hiring him illegally. Um, actually, I've been in an affair with him, she said, for a while. And recently, right after y'all hired him, I told, the, uh, I told him that I was pregnant. And he responded by texting me back, telling me to get an abortion. When, when, when she refused to get an abortion from our super, by our superintendent's demand, and the superintendent texted her back saying that he would come make sure that the baby was aborted himself personally, meaning that he was threatening physical aggression against her via text message, at which point she went to our school board. Our school board ignored her, or at least the five that had voted for him ignored her. Two of them who were conservatives tried to get it on the agenda, but they were uh, stymied by the other five. 
At this point, she was desperate and she contacted me because the school board members, several of them, instead of actually helping her, contacted the superintendent and told him that this woman had expressed concerns to them. So instead of dealing with the potential victim, they actually dealt with the aggressor. And the aggressor then went over to this victim's house and made good on his promises to yell and scream and aggress against her while she was pregnant with his child. At this point, she was contacting me to see if I could do anything about it. And as a believer in Jesus, I felt that there was nothing I could do except to take action, that I couldn't remain silent. So then I went and emailed the school board five times privately trying to get them to do something. In that, superintendent was served a protective order for family violence at the school board headquarters, which I recorded because I knew when it was coming because I was, of course, working with the victim and heard that she said this was going to happen. So I waited till the cops show up and I filmed it. Even after all of that and me submitting all that to the school board, those five school board members out of the seven refused to allow this to be put on a public agenda. They didn't even meet in July in an effort to try to stop me from speaking. So I showed up in August and I began to speak at that school board meeting and share how I felt that they really weren't concerned about COVID security measures, which they were debating that night, because empirically they were sitting next to a man who had a family violence or protective order against him who they didn't seem to care about. But the moment I used the word family violence protective order, the board chair began to bang her gavel and yell, you can't say that, that's inappropriate. And next thing I knew, two police officers for the school district grabbed me from behind while I was speaking in the public speaking section in my lawful two minutes, doing no threats, no yelling, nothing, just normal talking. And as I'm normally talking there, I had a laptop in my hands. I was completely non-threatening. The two officers grabbed me from behind and yanked me backwards out of the room. And they then escorted me out of the school. And it was all an attempt to stop me from speaking. Um, in fact, before I even began to speak that day, when they called me to the stand and they said, Mr. Story, it's your turn to speak. The board president, the first thing she said to me was different than anyone else who had spoken that day. She said, Mr. Story, what you're about to say, mind you, I had not said anything, but she said, what you're about to say is non-germane and you can't say it. And I said back to her, are you saying you don't want to hear me speak and you won't allow me to speak? And she said, yes. And then I said, are you saying you don't want me to speak? And she realized she had made an error and she then granted me permission to speak. But the moment I began to speak about what she did not want to hear and use an empirical example that she did not want to hear that implicated her in a crime, she tried to get the police alongside the superintendent who also nodded his head in um, complicit involvement for the, these officers to carry me out of the room. And in fact, before that even happened, then the school board had taken a break right before I spoke and the police chief of the school district, who I did not realize was the police chief because he was in plain clothes, came up to me during that bathroom break and threatened me. He demanded that I come outside the school board meeting and talk to him. I didn't know who he was. I was not a regular fixture at school board meetings. I was just a normal parent. And he demanded to say that he was the school um, police chief, but it, he presented me no proof. He was dressed in just a regular suit. And he demanded that I spe speak to them outside the room, kind of like a bar bully or something. And I said, no, sir. You know, I was thinking in my head, no, re no real police officer speaks that way. But when I wouldn't exit the room with him, he then threatened me before I said anything and said, if you do anything in here, we're going to carry you out of here. 
And the police reports that we later, later got after all of this showed that when I got out of my car to go into the school board meeting that night, the police worked together to positively identify me and prepare for me before I even got in the school board meeting, even though I'd never done anything that would give them any reason to ID me getting out of the car. No other parent was ID'd getting out of the car. They just didn't want to hear what I had to say. Since that time, 14 administrators, including that police chief and the assistant police chief and a board member and the PR director for the school district and three area superintendents or assistant superintendents, and I could go on and on, have all resigned or retired since that time. And we filed a federal lawsuit against the school district. I don't even have words for this. I mean, I knew it was, I knew what little I had seen on the television, but I want patriots to really absorb. You gave us a lot of information there. Absorb what he's just saying. Okay. This is not a, a, a trailer for a Clint Eastwood movie. This is at a school board meeting protesting the qualifications of somebody who's going to exert considerable influence over the curriculum and the shaping of our children. And there are issues. I want patriots to try to think, or Jeremy, try to think what would have happened if there was even question that President Trump had a child out there or Biden had a child. I mean, I just can't even with this of just going, you know, we just don't want to hear that. You know why? Because it makes us look bad. Uh, reminds me of an episode of, of, of Liar Liar with Jim Carrey. And he goes like, I object. And he goes, on what grounds? It's devastating to my case. Um, <laughs> that's, you know, I, I just don't have words. I want you, though, to, to take me really quickly through as a parent, because the, the shortened version, abbreviated version is my daughter was ex tried. They tried to expel my eight year old daughter for voting for President Trump in some mock election they had at her elementary school. And when she voted for Trump, they brought the hammer down on her. We got a call saying she was being expelled. And I said over my dead, lifeless body, she's being expelled. She's going to be pulled out. But that feeling, I was treated like a terrorist. I was treated like a crazy. Um, I was dismissed as, you know, this is just, you know, let us do our job. And I'm like, I'm trying to let you do your job. Can you actually do it? But I mm -hmm. want you to explain to the Patriots, what does it feel like as a dad to be, I mean, what was the rewind like on this? Like I'm being branded as a terrorist, my law enforcement, everything that my tax dollars pay for That's correct. worked against me. What's the, what does that do to you mentally? It really ravaged our family because we had to be aware. Community members who thought they were some sort of social justice vigilante started following us around or me to different meetings where I would speak. One of them came to a meeting dressed as a woman. I still don't understand what that was about. Um, others would just randomly post horrific accusations on social media that were defamatory and completely false. Um, they started accusing us of, you know, the legal money that we had to raise to defend ourselves. They started accusing me of, you know, using that falsely, all kinds of things. They attacked our marriage, all kinds of people from the community that thought they were, I don't know, acting in good faith, that were uh, saying all kinds of horrific things. The school district leveraged their PR arm and began to issue press releases that were generic press releases, but aimed at me and some of the other parents that were just false, complete falsehoods. The three of the board members um, issued that they knew nothing about any of this, which was a complete lie. 
So they were literally lying in the public sphere, allowing others in the community to defame us, putting us at, at fear that we didn't know if the police were going to come back to our home again with some other trumped up charge. Um, at one point, our county attorney, before I took it across the press across the nation, tried to actually put us in front of a federal grand jury or a state grand jury. Either one would be completely inappropriate for a crime that was never committed. And so we actually had to go to the press all across our country to expose this because they were going to try to use the power of the state and the school board in order to turn me into a criminal when in actuality, they were the criminals. And this was the same time that Biden came out with, um, by working with the Texas National Association of School Boards, uh, trying to claim that parents who spoke up at school board meetings were terrorists and that he was going to use the Patriot Act against them. The attorney general of our country said that. And that was going on at the same time this was going on with me. And I'll tell you as a parent that I wasn't doing anything that resembled terrorist activity other than speaking publicly, freedom of speech to expose literally a crime that was going on in our school district. And instead of allowing me to express via just peaceful speech, the police of the school district were leveraged against me. And they've actually doubled down on that since then and continued to do work even bigger or really the same thing over and over again with me to try to silence me moving forward. Um, and I can tell you those stories too. They've actually used the police against me again in a different incident. And as a result, uh, they actually had to, uh, one of their recent administrators resigned who falsely accused me of assaulting her. And thankfully we had the whole thing on videotape and it showed that she was lying and so recently she resigned. So what I've learned is that you have to protect yourself carefully with video evidence. You have to be willing and ready to take a stand firmly. But there are bad actors in some of these school districts that are willing to use the power of the school district and tax dollars against parents. And that the problem isn't the parents. The problem is actually malfeasant administrators. Well, it's that's a huge problem. And that's what we're talking about here, you know, I got labeled, I mean, not nearly to the extent that you did, but this is, I mean, patriots, are you hearing this? I am the parent. I am not a terrorist. It is my job to raise well-adjusted, you know, you know, many humans. And I am tasked to say what is best for them, what I want for them and to stand up when something's not in their best interest how can you complain about the ratings you know of an r-rated you don't want your kids to see an r-rated movie but they can see this at school this is crossing the lines when the school thinks they know better than i do and i'm from the old school that i don't think that government and education belong anywhere uh together and you know biden calling out but he wasn't just talking about jeremy he wasn't talking about you he's talking about all of us they want our children they want the impressionable minds and hearts of our children and they are willing to do whatever they have which is including shredding our rights freedom of speech that means i get to say it even if you don't like it okay that's what freedom of speech is and what happened to you is the textbook 101 definition of communism what happens when you silence dissent when you make an example out of somebody so everybody else will be too afraid to stand up and protect and that's where the real war is. We're gonna have to delve into this deeper at some point, but as we 
wrap up because I'm so glad that patriots are getting to hear this from you. What's next from you and where can patriots who are wanting to help, if it's with legal funds and legislation, where can they find you, Jeremy? Sure, they can go to rideforstudents.org, R-I-S-E-O-R, and then students.org. You can see our entire legal case there. Uh, you can see video, evidence, pictures, things like that. All of that is on that site, and you can uh, get more information about it. You can also make a donation there. 100% of that donation, 100%, goes to our legal fight, which we are fighting the school district and federal court to establish a constitutional basis to stop this kind of, of activity. Because if we don't take a stand, then what more organ, more board members who think they can get away with this kind of thing will do it. So we are taking a stand. You can fund that, help us fund that. It's also a, a nonprofit uh, that we have set up so that you get a tax deduction for your donation. And so that's that's the goal is really to establish a legal precedent that says that this kind of silencing of free speech doesn't work. Because here's what I've learned. I always kind of assumed, and I want to say this to your viewers, as somebody who's been involved all across the country in differing things, I always assumed that if something like this happened, literally, you got falsely arrested. I was put in jail. I spent the night in jail because my local authorities wanted to try to keep me quiet. And, uh, and there was no legal basis for me to be there. And I always thought if something like that happened, there would be some higher power in the government or someone that would check that, that you could eventually go to. And we have gone to all kinds of agencies leading into this before I was actually arrested, trying to say, look, there's a horrific thing going on in our school district. All, all different kinds of state agencies, federal agencies, police. I reported it to the local police. They took a, 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 a testimony from me, took pictures of where the police had put a gash in my back. Uh, the one, couple of the ones that had arrested me, um, and, and not the ones that arrested me, sorry, ones at the school had done that. All of this, you would think that somebody would stop it. But what I've learned is that all the laws in the world, if they're not enforced, don't do any good. And unfortunately, right now, one of the only ways that we can work back against when extreme situations like this, parents are forced into a situation where they have to sue because that, that's really the only way to see the law enforced. Otherwise, administrators will just wait till you go away and just continue to do the same thing over and over again. So I believe there needs to be systemic school reform. And it's why I'm behind the idea of freedom of choice in school, that parents funding, if they're gonna send their kids to public school, should follow where their kids are so that kids are not trapped in monopolies that are called schools. But instead, parents who are not perfect actors, but the best actors and closest to the kids in the school could make choices when school districts go awry. And they have other choices besides just suing the school district and taking on a $700 million behemoth, right? lawyers and all that. We need some other way that empowers parents to be able to hold school administrators and teachers and others accountable to the laws that already exist. Well, I, I mean, that is definitely, that's what it is. There's no way to, to properly say that you need to have resources. And parents, if this is happening to you or you want to get, you have got to reach out to Jeremy. Jeremy, what's, so give us the website again, uh, where they sure. can contact you. Riseforstudents.org riseforstudents.org. And I just would say one other thing. We do have power in numbers. Yes. It, and this is what we did in Round Rock ISD. We worked with parents and others, a whole bunch of us. It wasn't just me, lots of parents, lots of concerned community members. 
to become watchdogs in schools, to watch when things are happening and to file grievances and to um, constantly keep the school board accountable and to speak up. There are things you can do in your community. The reason why I didn't sit in jail all weekend was because parents came to the jail and held an overnight prayer vigil demanding that we were let out until they finally let us out. And so when you mm -hmm. can shine light on things, you have a much better opportunity to bring change when things are going wrong. That the is only something thing I, would I say, say really all the time. The, the only other thing I'd say really quickly is that it's not that every administrator or every teacher is bad. I would hate to convey that. My own wife studied education in college. It's that the bad actors are getting allowed to get away with these things because they are not being held accountable. And it's time that we hold them accountable so that teachers who are good actors and administrators who really do want to educate kids can get the job done. And that means that we have to, in some sense, hit them where it hurts the most, and that's financially. And that's why issues like school choice, true school choice initiatives, and others are helpful because that is often the only thing that these administrators will listen to. Otherwise, they don't care what parents think. They just will wait them out. So that's the that's the lesson, patriots. Is you got to vote with your wallet. So what I would tell patriots is, it's I say this on almost every podcast. If you can't be on the front line, support those of us who are. So Jeremy, thank you so much for telling such a riveting story and giving parents so there is light at the end of this tunnel. So we're going to encourage our patriots to get out, reach out, support Jeremy, be there for the parents. This is a common fight. We have to protect our kids. If we can't do it, they have no chance. So Jeremy, thank you so much for being with us today and for sharing your incredible story. Thank you, Patriots, for joining us for this episode of Raven's Radar. You know, all our guests, they give us something a little different, but what I want to give everyone, our, our viewers and our listeners, is what this war is actually looking like. I hear people say this all the time, where it's going to erupt in civil war. Do we know what that looks like? Are you prepared for what that looks like? What we're facing right now requires people to step out of their comfort zone and stand up. Our country is not gonna be lost by bad people doing bad things. It's gonna be lost when good people see bad people doing bad things and they do nothing. That's where I'm trying to get. So if you want more information about Jeremy, the story, the legal fight, if you're a parent and you're looking for resources of how to stand up and have your rights adhered to, then you can reach out to Jeremy. You can reach out to me, ravenharrison.com. Uh, I'm on all social media platforms, Raven the Conservative Warrior and Raven's Radar. And we're gonna have excerpts from the book, Raven's Mantle coming out, where we're gonna discuss this, my school story, and a lot of other things. You are not going to want to miss it. We were made for a time such as this. And Patriots, until next time, I'll be on the front lines.